Hey guys, welcome back. BDCKR here. We're back with Season 7, Episode 19 of our weekly Q&A videos. As always, if you are on YouTube right now and you would like to listen to this on all the major podcasting platforms, uh, maybe you don't want to spend extra data uh, watching the video along with it, or maybe you want to download them so that you can uh, watch them or listen to them on the go even if you don't have data, you can check out those links in the description and see it there. Uh, getting straight into, or actually not straight into the questions. You have okay. a few things that you want to talk about well, first. Well, all right, so just, I like to say what's been happening lately because it feels like so much is going on that if you wait a couple weeks, it gets really stale and it's there's just so much new, weird, crazy stuff happening. Pretty so, much all the time. Yes. So let's talk about Portland. Yeah. And so Portland is a city in the States. We are not American. But mm. it, it's, it's striking um, because it's dominating the news that there are unidentified and when i say unidentified they don't have any name tags they might have labels saying that they're police but there's no mm -hmm. badge number or if there is it's hard to see they have no names and they are taking people off the streets they're taking protesters off the streets and putting them into unmarked vans and they are not accountable for any of them like there's no oversight mm -hmm. and i think it feels like every time something like this happens, it should be, there's no way anybody can support this. Yeah. It, Portland and Oregon uh, are, have always been like epicenters of a lot of stuff, especially in terms of race in America, just because they were super, super racially segregated for a really long time. I learned, I don't think I mentioned this in a previous uh, episode, but I learned that there was a time in uh, places in Oregon where police officers were allowed to patrol in their KKK uniforms. Like, that was... Eee. It was specifically uh, put, like, a, I don't know if it was a bylaw or whatever, but was, there was something... The, the regulations that was, allowed like, it. written down. Okay. It was specifically put into writing uh, <laughs> that they could patrol uh, in their KKK uniforms. And uh, the area was already so racially segregated that they were... Um, Actually, the KKK in that region uh, took much more anti-Catholic action than anti-Black action because there just weren't Black people to be racist towards there. Oh, okay. So they they, they just done such a a good job of keeping. It was already so out. racist without the KKK's influence that right. the KKK had to move on to the next people after Black individuals because there already right. just weren't any Black people there in the oh, first place. You know what it's like? It's like when the nominee that Trump supports gets beaten by somebody who's more racist yeah exactly like that it's, okay. it's just terrible where you're like wow there's <laughs> you guys get worse huh yeah like um so so here's the point i want to make though to me that the, the, there really is a line where and it, it's ridiculous to me that i can still see people online supporting the position that somehow it's okay to have um federal agents who you can't identify doing stuff basically for a fascist state and or even just without accountability like, yeah um so it's to me it's like having a i mean all right so i think for people who who are who identify as republicans yeah um they are they they need to be obligated to, to speak out against this because to me it's like the the, the racist uh, sexist joker at work right because if you don't say anything that guy gets to believe that you're okay with it like everybody who's silent yeah is it lets them have their own internal dialogue. The oh, only yeah, people they think me. who have issues are the people who complain. Right. And if it's only like one or two people complaining, then they think everybody else has no issue with it. Right. Especially since basically people have been okay with stuff up until now. Like there's yeah. been, when I say people, I mean people who are willing to vocally support whatever position uh, Trump endorses. Yeah. You know, like with the masks, with... Well, I don't know. I, I don't even know where to begin. You know when there's just so much it's overwhelming, I can't even start thinking mm -hmm. about a list? You know when It's like when you're watching Cash Cab, and they tell you to do a list of, I don't know, 10 different things. Yeah. And then I, I just can't think of them because there's just so much sort of jumping in my head. Like, and name I, animals begin with the letter A. I think what's important also is to just everybody needs to be willing to hold everyone else accountable for their actions when they're in positions of power, regardless of whether or not they more closely align with your side or the other side, right? Yeah. Like, um, for what's relevant to us, right, as Canadians, yeah. right? It's important that even though uh, we voted for, or actually not in our case because we were able to vote for somebody independent, but we would have, yeah. if the difference was between Sheer and Justin Trudeau, 
um, you know, we would have voted for whatever, put Justin Trudeau in power. It's still important to hold the people that we would have wanted to get in still accountable, right? And I can say that I like a lot of stuff that Justin Trudeau has done uh, and that he's also done a lot of stuff that I really dislike. And, uh, you know, stuff like his treatment of Indigenous people, especially, right, Um, has been really, really poor. And I think it's important that we all can uh, see the people in power as people and not emblems of either your side or the other side right and so when you see something that you don't like you know the, it, it doesn't hurt you at all to come out against parts of the people right. that you even if you like them overall even if you support them overall it never hurts to come out against the parts of the system that you don't support you know what else i learned about portland what else did you learn portland, about portland? has a long tradition of naked protests to the point where there's actually precedent set in the courts where they came down with decisions where people were, um, I guess, tried for uh, indecency. Like public indecency? Like public nudity. Okay, so that, what's the precedence people... in the courts? Well, all right, so the reason why I'm mentioning it is because in uh, the current um, protest, there was a woman who was photographed naked oh, confronting like the from line behind. police officers. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But th- there have been protests like with nude bicycle riding yeah. and nude whatever, to the point where judges have actually said, hey, listen, this is well-established. So there's so what's no, the legal precedent? It's not uh, public indecency? It's what not public it? indecency. Okay. No, I don't know. It's just that, that there have been judgments where they actually say, hey, well, it's not it's not indecency because it's a form of protest. We've got a long-established history of it. So Portland apparently that has a long-established history of nude That's protests. interesting. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I remember... Uh, I forget what the context reading it a while back. This is not related to protesting, but just related to public indecency that different places have rules that are very specific about what does and doesn't count as public indecency and like nudity. So there's yeah. different places you can go topless. Like for example, like everybody regardless Ontario. of sex or gender. Yeah. In Ontario, yeah, can Ontario. be topless. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Gwen Jacobs did that. I think she was, she was a university student. I want to say Western Ontario. It might've been Waterloo. It was one of those W universities yeah. that was in Ontario. Mm-hmm. And uh, she got arrested. And then Ridiculous. she fought it. Yeah. Uh, but I forget where it was, but I remember there was a place in which you could be uh, nude publicly, but you couldn't be, it couldn't be like provocative or sexual. So one of the things that was set by the precedent is it turns out if you were in a place and you were already naked, that was fine. But stripping was uh stripping's provocative <laughs> i don't know i don't know so you the had to you had undressing to i it was something like that where it was it was some weird like the the intersection of what the rules technically said and the way that they were prosecuted meant that you could start out in a place nude but you couldn't be seen to be stripping in a place <laughs> and All right, so what counts as stripping so if you start out nude is it like let's say you have like a bathrobe because you you got out of the shower does that count? Like, just I take out know. the bathrobe? See, and I don't even like, know if this is true, I because okay. I don't... It's been a long enough that I don't remember the source, but I, okay. I do remember seeing that somewhere, and it always <laughs> stuck with me as pretty entertaining that you could start out... Na- like, if you walked out of your house naked, right. that's fine. But if you stood on your front porch and stripped, that would be um, unacceptable. That would be a show. Well, if, if somebody was watching you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, sort of begs the question, maybe that person just shouldn't be watching you. If, well, while, you're, <laughs> while you're in the act of stripping, maybe people should just turn the other eye and then keep, you know, looking away if they don't want to see anything. This is true. Yeah. Um, so it's been a weird week, is what I wanted to say. Yeah. So, there we go. Our uh, first question of the week comes from Snickety Lemon, and they say, I loved both of your takes on current events uh, in the last couple of podcasts. And then in brackets, this is a smorgasbord of questions. Also, I'm trying to make a rebirth team all unaugmented. I know I want to use Jessica Cruz and Rebirth Raven, but I'm not sure whether I should use Wally West or Rebirth Green Arrow. I want Jessica Cruz to be the basic damage dealer, however, I'm not sure what gear would be the best for that. Specifically, what gear would give me the most basic damage? Maybe Overpowered Super, League of Assassins, Adept Hood, and Razagul Scimitar? Additionally, I want Rebirth Raven to be the special specialist. Would Quake Engine, Demonic Cloak, and Heart of Darkness be adequate gears on her? And lastly, if Wally... Uh, West was your recommendation over Rebirth Green Arrow. Should I gear him as a tank with Riddler Staff, Mother Box, and Fourth World Godly Chestplate, or Fourth World Godly Mace instead of the Chestplate to take advantage of his long and already existing power drain and special two? Or is his passive affected by unblockable chance? In which case, I should gear him with massive sharpened teeth, Soul Taker Sword, and Hyperspeed Plated Suit. Sorry for the multiple questions with multiple parts, but feel free to correct and criticize any and all of my ideas. Keep making superb videos and podcasts, too. So, First off, this is a good question, and I like it because 
if we're getting a question that we're going to answer here, it's always better to have more detail than we need than it is to have less. Yeah. Uh, if you just said, here, I'm making this team, what do you want me to do? Right. That's we, a yeah. lot less. But to say, here's who I'm going to put on, here's what I want them to be, and here is what I'm gearing them to do, given yeah. what I want them to be. So for this role, I'm gearing them this way. Does that make sense? Is a really easy question to answer. It's unambiguous. Yeah. So the, the more ambiguous it is, the more work there is just to even get a handle on the question because then there's different possibilities and instead of actually answering it you're sort of taking thinking well how many different ways could this question be interpreted at least that's how i yeah think and it. so there's also the i think one of the most important pieces of information here is right at the beginning which is the all unaugmented part because yes. that changes a lot right your yes. crit chance and crit damage boosts matter a lot more on gears when they are fully augmented but when yeah. you're un when you're unaugmented you know, it, it it's hard to, with just gear alone, get your crit chance and crit damage up enough that those start making really sort of significant impacts to how much damage you're doing. So I want to talk a little bit about sort of the general ideas because the Rebirth team does have some synergy, right? So when you're creating a team, you, you typically want to, um, well, I want to, I want to take advantage of any parts of their passive that will improve when you have the right teammates in it. So the interesting thing in it, okay, so Jessica Cruz on her own is a great basic damage dealer. Um, so because they're unaugmented, uh, overpowered super is good because of the high crit chance plus basic damage boost, even though the basic damage boost is lower than other gears. Mm -hmm. um, because there's other gears that are uh, three and a half stars, like Netherrealm Kama, uh, Prometheum Longsword, Power to Scream Mistakes, Blade of the War God, where you get a lower crit chance, 40% is to 50, but you get 70% boost instead of 50. Um, and there's gears like uh, League of Assassins Adept Hood, which has a higher crit chance on basics, 50% uh, versus, now I'm thinking, is it 40 or 45? Anyways, but you don't get any basic damage boost. Mm -hmm. um, so that's interesting when she's on her own. However, when you've got her on a team of Rebirth, um, I think it's Rebirth or Green Lanterns, where you add hits to her special two. Yeah. So then it almost seems like you're, you're ignoring part of the passive, and that's fine if the passive isn't that great. But the times that I faced Jessica Cruz, I feel like those extra hits do a, a significant amount of damage. You'd be giving that up if you made your basic damage. However, she's also got a bunch of hits on the combo ender. Yeah. And so it's not an unreasonable thing to try to make her a basic damage dealer. Mm -hmm. But if, if she's unaugmented, I think my priority would be to get her crit chance higher. Um, and uh, Rebirth Raven. Okay, so here's the thing. So let's see. It's, uh, the Quake Engine, um, De Demonic Cloak, and Heart of Darkness. Okay, so the I believe Demonic Cloak and Heart of Darkness both give power gen boost and i could be wrong i know at least heart of darkness does but you do not want to give her power gen boost and rebirth raven because the other part of her that's good is she steals people's power on yeah. tagging as long as they've got less than she does so if she's going to be special special all right so this is why the world of tantu totem and masters Wait, if she's got work. less than they do yeah she's got less than they do they sh yeah. she will steal their power yeah so in the world of tantu totem and masters death cart you've got the main way of using your special specials is coming with power guaranteed. Yeah, it's to swap in. So you don't need to like hold it in sort of the bank. Right. So tag in, generate power, boom. Um, and so if you're not gonna so if you're not gonna do that for rebirth or even maybe because you don't have it, or maybe you want to put on somebody else, then I would really rather not give her power gen, because then the longer she stays off screen, the more likely she is to have more power. Yeah when she tags in and not steal the power. That's like the biggest part of her passive. Yeah. So I, I guess the implied thing there is, right, you're saying if you don't want to put those gears on her, if you have them and you just weren't thinking of that, those are the gears that you want to put on her instead of those two. Although, all right, so here's the other thing then. Wally West is inherently a little bit uh, tanky. And he gets tankier, he dodges more specials if he's got more rebirth team uh, teammates. Yeah. So if anything, I would think... Rebirth Raven is can be your special specialist because of her passive, but then you have a second special specialist to take advantage of Tanti Total Master's Death Card, and you have Jessica Cruz 
either as your special specialist by giving her Tainted Totem and Master's Death Card, or you make her the basic damage dealer as your backup in case you have uh, an issue with anything. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's complicated because part of it will... The passive always sound nice, but it depends on how much of an impact it has on the game that makes a difference to whether you want to play it like that. Because I know there were characters where I thought, oh, this is a good idea to play it, but it turned out that it didn't work nearly as well. Like Black uh, Adam, Kandak Black Adam. Yeah. I thought, oh, he's got all those effects on his combiners and specials. Let's lean into that and try to do a bunch of stuff and give up, or even Amikami Catwoman. But the amount of uh, damage over time that yeah. they get was so piddling that it didn't make a difference. It wasn't worth it trying to do that because then you're giving up opportunities to actually make them into something more powerful or useful. Mm -hmm. So part of the thing is having to play around. But other than that, I think this looks like a pretty good sort of team comp. It's definitely a strong team. Yeah, so part of the reason why I don't think I play them as much is really because of this. I feel like there's some other teams that are... It's clearer what how they need to be um, geared to, to really shine. Yeah, and, and there's seemingly like an optimal like setup whereas here things there the lines blurred a little bit yeah so m the problem becomes because phantom zone is coming so often that i am less tempted to try different teams when i know i've got this team that we're using right now to me yeah is the ultimate phantom zone team because it could, it's well-rounded but good so it's able to handle pretty much most of the tasks that we need it to when we're trying to clear phantom zone crystals mm-hmm but I, I'd be tempted to, to maybe consider playing around a re Rebirth team. I mean, there's lots of stuff I'm tempted to do. There's, um like, Red Lantern Hal Jordan. You could make him take zero damage mm -hmm. if um, he comes in with three bars of power. You give him Batman Ninja Helmet. Uh, you give him, like, Gingold Soda and um, Killer Croc Companion Gear. Yeah. And he takes zero damage. Uh, if you, Oh, so but you need uh, the Metal Shazam to uh, give him that little extra boost. And then the problem always is, it's funny to do it, but then what do you do for offense? Somebody else has to supply all the offense because if you start doing any specials, you've given up the power and you're vulnerable for that moment when your your power has to recharge. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe when the Phantom Zone is over, I'm going to maybe try a Rebirth team. I think it'd be fun to play. Rebirth mm -hmm. Raven to me is a star. For sure. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, our next question comes from CEO Yes, or CEO Yes, uh, and they say, I love you guys, and of course you have the right to post anything you want on your channel, but 42 minutes of politics and 9 minutes of injustice talk is kind of crazy. And oh, so, yeah. you know, it, <laughs> first of all, I want to say I don't entirely, like, disagree with the idea that 42 minutes of politics and 9 minutes of injustice talk is kind of crazy, right? It is. Uh, especially given our channel, and I think it's fair to say something like this, right? Especially when you're saying it in such a respectful way. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, we are a gaming channel, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so it probably wasn't something that we strictly needed to do. Uh, I yeah. don't think anybody would have had issue if we didn't do it. Uh, but I think we can maybe explain here a little bit of our justification and sort of mm -hmm. where we're coming from. Mm. Uh, and we're much more inclined to do that because the way this question was phrased, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which I think is, you know probably the, the nicest way to say like what the hell guys right yeah, yeah um but it's just what when the things that have been happening as they're happening um are going down right uh mm -hmm. the way that the world is uh right now is really sort of impacts our day-to-day -day, right a lot of our right. news cycles and especially right at the time that we were posting and talking a lot more about it right even yeah. though we're still talking about it on an ongoing basis right that was sort of all uh that was like present in our minds it was almost hard to like care about uh injustice yeah the same way yeah while all that stuff was going on and it f also uh as much as we can use our platform responsibly, it would have felt irresponsible to uh, act like nothing was going on. Uh, I saw responses from creators uh, where, like, one of the things that I saw people saying that I really hadn't thought about and that stuck with me is, uh, I believe it was Samurai Guitarist, who's a cool Canadian uh, music YouTuber that I follow. Mm -hmm. uh, and he said, like, I have a video that was ready that I was going to post uh, I 
sort of looked at why I post videos in general. And mm-hmm. the reason why I post videos in general is to give people entertainment and let mm-hmm. them think about this and not, you know, anything else. Right. And he's like, and right now, I don't think we need entertainment and distractions. I think we need to sort of look at the messages, right, mm-hmm. that uh, people are sending out. There's There's other voices that should be heard right now, and I don't actually want to distract from those at all. Uh, and the way that he framed that, I you know I forget if he phrased it exactly that way, but it was something along those lines. I thought was really, sort of, it really struck me, uh, and it rang true to me. Right where I think, uh, as much as we can, it's important right. to uh, use whatever very limited platform we have uh, to, at the very least, uh, let people know where we stand and be another voice. Yeah. Uh, you know, in support of to not, the right side of history. To not be quiet. Yeah. So, and here's the thing. I'm going to qualify what you said just by, it's not just the politics though, but it's also the current pandemic. The problem is now that you can't separate them because different political parties have made the pandemic about politics. Yeah. Um, and as much as I think people who are listening and watching this want to be entertained, you should be watching the video then because these fights are pretty good. But um, as much as people want to be entertained, I, I'm like you said, I'm not always in the mood to be entertaining. Yeah. And if if what this lets us do is address some of these things that are really mm-hmm. preying on us for the other how many like hours 23 a day? hours a day <laughs> yeah that that we're actually living in real life yeah um i gotta tell you if if it weren't for this kind of stuff where we wander around a bit i think we would have stopped doing this if we felt like we were strictly limited to injustice i think we would have been done yeah a so long time ago i think th- that that's that's the other thing too which is that the this format being what it is only really works for us uh if we can just sort of talk about whatever and so uh we use the questions as a jumping off point we obviously very frequently don't end up where the questions are actually <laughs> leading us. Um, Sometimes we don't answer them, but we talk for twenty yeah, minutes. And so, yeah. uh, I but I, I do understand, and I understand that there's going to be if we talk a lot about politics, that those episodes aren't going to be for everybody. Right. Uh, and you know, if people, you know, like CEO Yes, who uh, says they enjoy our stuff, uh, finds a video that they don't particularly love, we are more than happy for people to you know skip one or. You know, even just stop watching us for a while and come back. I understand that also with a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, it is sort of unavoidable in all yeah. the other places, like a lot of the other places that you go. Yeah. Uh, and you might not want to tune in to a yeah. content creator to hear them talk about the thing that's stressing you out. Right. Um, or is like a challenging topic for you. Right. Uh, and so we, we do understand that. And we, we have sort of sympathy for that, that that's like, ostensibly not what this channel is for right, right. but this content is um you know i would say as much or probably more for us than it is for yeah. uh like you know definitely every single one of our subscribers and we obviously if it's all the same to us we will make the content that is best for you guys but at the end of the day uh the way that this podcast is set up we we sort of just have to yeah. uh do what feels right to us. And and I will say that if anything there's been sort of a two elements to these these weekly Q&As through all their incarnations. Um there's the uh gameplay and then there's our nattering on. And I th- I feel like the gameplay has in some ways gotten better over time as we natter on. So it's been there might be fewer questions that are strictly only injustice or fewer question sessions that are strictly only injustice but the um i i think the because we're using remember when we were trying to do it live and i mean i don't know about you but playing mm-hmm. and trying to talk at the sucked. same time sucked it really, really sucked it sucked eggs um so yeah it's um yeah, there's, there's, there's a balance. I'm not exactly sure where it is, but along the lines of entertaining and stuff, I do want to point out one other thing that I've, I that's happening this week is I'm in the middle of a ridiculously good book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Middle Game by Shauna McGuire, 
It's uh, on the short list for the best Hugo uh, novel, the best Hugo Award for uh, novel, and it I can see exactly why. More than halfway through, it is so good. It's Sean McGuire also writes as Mira Grant. She did that zombie series that we love, News Flash trilogy. Yes, yeah. and it's it's there's a follow up book that's not the same characters but in the same world. Um, I can't remember what the book is. I think I it's on the shelf doesn't somewhere. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But anyway, so this she does messed up relationships and messed up people so well, like people who are damaged and still find some way to connect to other people. So good. Yeah. Uh, I I I don't know where it's headed. I don't know where it's going to end up. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know where it's going to end up, but I I love it. I can. Recommend to anybody who's willing to, um, who's a fan of uh, magic, science fiction, fantasy kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, and if you like Mirror Grant, I think this is like right in line with that. So good. Awesome. So there we go. Uh, we have another question from Mr. Salt, and they say, Is it really worth grinding for Flashpoint Deathstroke and the other Flashpoint characters? They seem like chores to get. And it would take a long time to get them to Elite 7. Are other teams better? So, is, is it, it worth it? it? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100% absolutely. Percent. This is, without any qualifiers, this is the absolute best team ever. They, I mean, is it possible to lose with them? Yeah, it is. Especially when they're... Actually, the other thing is, you don't need to get them to Elite 7. You can... Elite 5 is what we've done with them. You yeah. get maximum battle points. You get interesting fights. Um, I don't know that there's any team that's consistently faster than this team that can win. I mean, there might be teams that can win more consistently, although I can't remember the last time I lost with this team when I was actually fighting to win and not to satisfy, say, Phantom Zone mm -hmm. uh, tasks, which I've stopped doing because I think this team is better for it because it's more... Um, New 52 Wonder Woman, I think, is critical because of all the different Phantom Zone tasks that involve doing specials. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, you, it, it, the time that it takes you to get those Flashpoint characters isn't nearly as long as it may seem to you when you think about how long we've been playing. Totally worth it. We've got a bunch of extra copies of them. We still keep them at Elite 5. Um, and when you do as much grinding as we do, the fact that you can get through multiplayer that fast, like averaging... And we're talking all the loading times and everything that you can average maybe seven and a half minutes long term. I mean, you can do faster runs. Don't yeah, get me wrong. But on average. On average, that you can do seven and a half minute runs on ultimate for 50 something thousand points. Yeah, there's no no doubt in my mind. And I'm sure if you had like them at elite zero or one or two, they'd still be good. You just wouldn't get as many points, but you could totally rock multiplayer. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, the next question comes from Ian Connor, and they say, Is it always worth it to have a two-piece Lex corset on your team at all times to counter Batman, Ninja, Catwoman? Um, I'm going to say no. Hard no for me. Uh, I mean, the, the I guess the, the best argument for it is that I don't think we've had any team that we play consistently that has a member with two LexCorp gears on them. Yeah. So, probably not necessary... So uh, here's the thing, right? Like if you're gearing a team specifically to counter one character only, I think you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. I think there's like, that's two gear slots out of a total of nine. Yeah. And that's not even guaranteed that you're going to be able to handle her because if she does enough damage, even if she gives you power, you might not have a chance to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if your damage output is good enough, if you've got guys that are the balance of team members that are tanky and generally team members that can put out a lot of damage, I mean, the only difficulty I think you have with Batman Ninja Catwoman is if she's got Astro Harness, she's got a couple of Batman Ninja teammates to give her revives. And even then, I don't think we've had that much trouble with her. Mm -hmm. She def definitely makes the fights interesting, right? Because her damage output is so high. You just have to wait her out. Her other teammates are vulnerable. You wait her out until um, her passive runs out. She never does a special two. 
mm-hmm. right? When the AI controls her, she gets her special two once maybe when she tags in, and the rest of the time she does a special one. So then she doesn't uh, keep on uh, re-triggering her passive unless you're bad enough, you're unlucky enough to let her knock out one of your teammates. Yeah. Is so there anything else to say there? I think, uh, I, don't, I definitely don't have anything. That seems pretty so, comprehensive to yeah, me. The, the, and the, it sort of ties in the previous question, right? Is the Flashpoint team worth it? Yeah, the Flashpoint team was worth it because the Flashpoint team can totally handle that other team. Yeah. If, if, um, if Catwoman is not front and center, Deathstroke with his splash damage can reduce her so that she loses, um, she can be one invulnerability short even if she's got Astro Harness on it. Yeah. And then when she comes in, she's just weaker and easier to take out. If she is front and center, then Flashpoint Batman does as good a job handling her because he's got Astro Harness and they basically trade down until, um, like, I'll take a one-for-one swap anytime. Yeah. Because the other two Flashpoint teammates are just that good. They can handle anything. Mm-hmm. So there <coughs> we go. Uh, our next question comes from uh, <coughs> Levi Mirza. And I think we can do this in rapid fire because we just, we are answering this again because we get this every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, but we don't need to go into the full spiel. Uh, why don't you do Injustice 2? And I think they're really, there's a lot of things. I think the more interesting question is actually why we don't do other games that we've answered a few times before, too. Yeah. So the really quick answer for specifically Injustice 2, <laughs> uh, we got banned in error. They didn't unban us. They never replied to our support ticket. Um, the But the other sort of reasons why it wasn't worth continuing to play was because it was way more grindy. Yeah. The way that the gear system works, it meant that there was not really the same mix and match yeah. ability per person. Uh, and it just was even more designed to be a time sink. Uh, right. and we didn't feel the need right. to start that on a new game. Yeah, we, we pl- did it anyways, yeah. and then we got banned, and doing that same work twice to get to a gameplay that we did not enjoy as much did not seem like a fun and, prospect. Yeah, and and we'd, we'd played enough at that point to, to recognize what kind of game it was, know that we still enjoyed Injustice the first. More, and, yeah. And it, um, I mean, it, let's face it, we could have started New Count if we'd wanted to, and Injustice, we've actually done it a few times. We've started from scratch, yeah. played up to a maxed out account, uh, and it, it was still fun. Yeah, we just don't have the, that same <laughs> sort of strong feeling toward the game Injustice 2 to put that time into it. Yeah. Uh, and so, also, you're right here, because we get this question every once in a while, why don't we play other games? Uh, first reason, nobody else really cares uh, <laughs> when we post other games. And it's I shouldn't true. say nobody, but it's just so much smaller of a... Uh, group of people uh, and we recognize and really appreciate that audience uh, but the the numbers are small enough that we recognize especially when sometimes you know like we'll have people like unsubscribe um, from a video (laughs) about a different game Uh, and we don't really care to see those people go because if one extra uh, video in your sub box is the reason why you say "Eh, I'm sort of done with these guys then you were probably pretty done with us anyways yeah um but that is all just to say that the ratio of positive to negative feedback and yeah. the volume of positive feedback yeah. uh, shows us that other people aren't that interested in seeing stuff. And in general, we aren't nearly as interested in making stuff unless it's a game that we already yeah. like. So um, one thing that I've been doing sort of <laughs> just passively is uh, whenever I play Valorant, um, which I've been playing a lot more recently with my friends, I really, really enjoy that game. Uh, I've been saving clips uh, if I do stuff that I think is cool or funny. Yeah. Uh, and I will probably at some they point... They are cool. I've seen some of them, and they yeah. are. I, I really want to see those posts. And I probably will at yeah. some point release a compilation, uh, and then like maybe as a separate companion piece, a couple of those clips uh, slow down, played over and over again, and then like actually like explain fully so that for people who like our stuff and want us to do new stuff, right. uh, but don't understand Valorant, they might still be able to sort of get a sense of exactly what's going on in a right. clip. Um, I might do that, I might not. That would be, you know, the part of it that would be way right. more work. Right. Uh, but so the long and the short of it is we need to have something else that we actually want to make videos for. And we've always okay. done it when it's come up. Right. It just, most of the time, does not come up because it's funny right i mean you're right that we've answered this so many times that we've come up with a bunch of this stuff that really comes to mind quickly is it's also injustice was sort of the perfect intersection because it's got to be a game i think that both of us play for the amount of time that it takes to put together make ongoing content for it yeah Yeah, because if you play it but i don't or i play it you don't the our ability to actually um turn it into content yeah is pretty small yeah 
Um, so that's there's that intersection, right, between our interests. But I think the other thing is time. So you're doing these other videos, or sorry, you're doing these other podcasts yeah. um, for a whole different thing. But I think just from what we've discussed, I, to me, the oh, takeaway it's is... so time intensive yes. to do something that you really want to put sort of a polish on. Yes. Yeah. And so for what our stuff is, we've always been very uh, low budget, low production value, low editing, uh, sort of low, all of the things that, uh, you would, that would add quality to a media, a piece of media. Um, but that would take a long time. And so we try to do our best to make stuff good in the time that we have, uh, and sort of get it right to the point of diminishing returns, Right. right? Where I think we've got it down enough at this point where at least some people enjoy watching this right. for exactly what it is right right so we've gotten past that quality threshold where it is literally th- possible to be enjoyed yeah. um and then a lot of the stuff after that is just sort of if any if it's any better than that it's just luck uh right. that the people who find it like listening to us and like hearing right. what we have to say and like the way that we talk and it's not as much that we're putting all this extra work into it to try to make it like a better piece of media than whatever it is that sort of the baseline that we can put out. Because let's face it, if we were doing anything else in addition to this now, it would come at a price somewhere. Yeah. Uh, And I think at this point, the way our lives are going right now, it would come at the cost of injustice, really. Mm -hmm. Like if there was something else. Yeah. Um, So that's, that's why we don't play injustice too. That's why we don't uh, make videos for other games. And that's why there might be a Valorant video up here. The one (laughs) issue with it is that it doesn't really fit with our channel aesthetic. I would probably have to uh, cut out audio every time I use profanity or anytime people who Uh are playing uh with me uh uh, use profanity or when they accidentally say my real name, which they say with a lot greater frequency when I make a good play, (laughs) which means a lot of the clips that I, uh, that I was like, oh, I'm doing really well now, are going to have them using my name, my real actual uh, legal document name um, over and over again in the background while I do some fun stuff. Because they're like, yeah. oh my god, and then they say my name. Can you beep it? How would it sound if you just beeped it? Probably a little weird. Because yeah. I, I think you have to cut out all sound and then put in a beep instead of the sound, right? So I think you have to do both. Um, yeah. I, and I probably would be beeping it instead of just cutting out the sound because it would sound weird with gaps in the sound. Oh. Um but yeah, it's unfortunate. There, I wish there was less audio editing, but I, I'm gonna have to uh, sort of figure out a way to teach my friends to not use my real name when I'm doing a good <laughs> job. They can they can use my real name when I'm doing crappy because I won't save that. That won't go on the internet, maybe. But if I'm doing a good job, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. The next question comes from Dooms Dave. Um, Doomsdav? Is it Dav or is I think it Dave? it's probably Doomsday because well, it's oh, like Doomsday with... but with like a V, v instead of a Y. y. Yeah. Okay. Um, if so, it's a very clever pun. Doomsdav is not quite as clever, but it Dave would be with an E, so it's hard to say. It's really hard to say, but I, I'm assuming it, it's Doomsday. Because it, it, it could either be like a visual joke or it could be a phonetic joke. Yeah. Or both. And I'm I'm making it the phonetic joke. Let us know, Doomsdav or D- Doomsday. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, they ask, uh, can you tell us which characters should we use for the survivor mode new strategy? Because you said that the old strategy, when you used regime flash, then reverse flash, maybe don't work now. Um. I thought we sort of touched on this, and I maybe I missed it. I think what doesn't change is Raven. I think Raven is the linchpin. You probably could do it, but there wouldn't be anything easier than Raven because you need somebody with so much damage output. Yeah. Um, And one person who qualifies... Oh, I must have said this because it sounds... It feels like I said it already. Batman Ninja Batman, Special 2, Cloak of Destiny, stuns at the beginning. He's basically like Batgirl. Yeah. But doing Special 2 damage instead of Special 1 damage. And when we say that they don't work anymore, I think what we really mean is that they don't work in the same way. Because in old gameplay, when we used to play it, uh, characters could die and it doesn't matter, right? And so that's why we could have... You could start with a dead character. Yeah, Yeah. that's why we could have uh, people with different passives uh, from who would not have nearly high enough stats to be competitive. Yeah, but as long as their passes are good, and then when you let they get knocked out, you leave them on the team. Yeah, you, you don't care. You and keep one of the three slots, and you only have two active so, players because you want the passive. Yeah, one thing uh, if we're if you're using a new strategy that you can do is play with the same characters 
and just unless it's a random swap round, never swap to them, um, and don't let them die because then right. you run into a situation where you actually can uh, continue to use their passives as right. long as they're alive right. and on the team. Um, so that is something similar. The only reason you run into challenges there is because normally uh the reason why they would still be in is because we'd hit a round where we would lose all of our guys yeah. uh all at once right yeah. and so if you were to play like that you need to make sure that at least the people with the passives that you're trying to apply to your team moving forward and, uh didn't get knocked out and it didn't matter as much when the prizes on the spin or the besides last left tickets, weren't that good. Now that you've got Nth Metal, people are more reluctant to give it up. Yeah. Um, so the biggest difference would be instead of doing a bronze to single silver to two gold transition is I would just go yeah. straight from uh, a team of three to another team of three because we can't, if we're going to be using... I still think Reverse Flash is great. I still think Reverse Flash with Regime Flash is good. But like you said, you want to protect Regime Flash instead of letting him get knocked out for only the benefit of one easy fight. Yeah. Right? Because it's the, the transition between bronze to silver that's an easy fight and the transition from silver to gold that's easy fight. Two fights where you don't have to think. Um, not worth it if you're really trying to get far. Just keep Regime Flash uh, and basically don't worry about him until you hit the uh, random tag in. But I think it's still a, a pretty good team. And I, I think also... Actually, the, the Regime Flash, Reverse Flash, Raven team, you could go from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. It's just the the main benefit is that y if you're going to take some damage, you don't have to worry about being perfect in the first three rounds or the first few rounds. And you can get away with a mistake and then only have to pay attention. Because let's face it, playing in 45 minutes, mm -hmm. um, and probably now it'll be an hour to finish it completely. It's it's draining. It's mentally draining to actually have to pay attention. It's so effortful. Long. Yes. It's not as much fun as it is satisfying if you're successful. Yeah. 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 Uh, so there we go. Uh, we have two questions or two comments here, I guess, uh, from one seven five Elias, um, and these are both related to sort of the exercise stuff that we mentioned. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, so uh, the first one, they say, I use a hex bar for deadlifts, way better for my body, and uh, I built a lot of pure strength over time. Have you tried a hex yet? And then the second one, yeah, I couldn't find any fair price gym equipment. Everything was overpriced or sold out. Uh, got kettlebells. I got very lucky. All right, so there's a bunch of things that come to mind. Answering the question directly, but the one thing I want to comment, it occurs to me now that I'm looking at the questions together, yeah. is that the, the most difficult thing with talking about working out with people online is evaluating the value of their experience. Because there's clearly, like injustice, like gaming, there's clearly a... Do I want to call it a life cycle? The difference between somebody who's starting out, right? Yeah. Beginner, uh, intermediate, advanced, and um, there's something after advanced. It's... Um, Expert? Yeah, something like that. I'm th thinking of the terms that you use in weightlifting, whether it's like... I don't um, know. Uh, world class, maybe. Mm -hmm. And the difference for judging the kind of advice you give at different levels and the value of the experience that people have. Because like when you start working out, Everything works. Yeah. doesn't matter what you do. You the will get stronger. The only thing that works is the <clears throat> that you really need to worry about is the effort, which is why if you're just starting out, it's better to not invest a huge amount of money that you don't need to. Right. It's invest exactly the right amount for whatever your setup is that allows <laughs> you to just put the time into it right. and not have to do anything except for putting the time into it. So like if you, right. if you live in a place where you're not near anywhere where you can run, right? Right. right. Um, or you know, you have a space that's too small to do certain types of exercises. Skip ropes. Yeah, that's what I do for you, aerobic you stuff. You figure out sort of either what space you need, uh, you figure out like body weight exercises in a lot of cases, or if yep. uh, for some reason your environment makes it much easier for you to have whatever sort of basic weight set up, then you have that, right? You don't need yeah. to sort of overspend on uh, any one specific piece of equipment more than just whatever that sets you up to work in general. So hex bar is interesting because I've seen them I understand the principle. What it means is that you don't rely so much on your lower back strength because you don't have to bend over as far to pick it up. You'd, instead of having to lean forward 
a little bit so that you can bring the bar past your knees because that's really it because your knees get in the way when you're doing the uh, conventional deadlift yeah that the hex lift you just sort of reach down and grab and it's almost like a, a relatively shallow squat so i'm interested only because my personal experience is that at the level i'm at right now um deadlifting hasn't really helped much in terms of improving my strength yeah um but my strength has gone up when everything else does mm -hmm. and because uh there's certain pieces of equipment that take up a lot more space having a second bar if i was gonna have a second bar i probably would have gotten um a short olympic bar even though it weighs less i could fit it better in the space that i've got and mm -hmm. it would just be easier deadlift but i don't i don't need it and i don't think i need a deadlift uh a hex a hex bar for deadlift um, but the reason why, again, I'd be so curious to see, to know what Elias is actually deadlifting. And the problem, though, is I don't think I can because when people are on the internet, they, they exaggerate. This is why I love so much about Gripboard, and I mentioned this last time, is that... You need proof. You need proof. For anything that is sort of more... World class. Anything world class. Anything yeah. that's considered like a real impressive feat. And listen, I'm not the greatest deadlifter. I've got... Uh, a wonky left knee. Yeah, you probably wouldn't need to submit proof for any of your claims. Well, listen, and my best deadlift is already on the internet. I've already posted that. That was, yeah. I don't know, was it a couple years ago? Yeah. Where I did uh, 375 conventional deadlift. My best double overhand I should prove, but I got to work my way back up to it from a hand injury. But, and 375 ain't great, but I think I'm at a level now where it's sort of the limit of what my body can manage. Yeah, it's something where it might be impressive to people who... Uh, don't exercise, but it's not something that if you went on the grip board, uh, people would be oh, yeah. calling you a faker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I'm tiny, and it's not. Um, again, it with with my body being what it is, and it's not. I think I'm probably close to the limit of what my capabilities are, unless I was willing to put a huge amount of time into doing just this and physically focusing on this, like you know, drop all the cardio, uh, drop other lifts that don't actually. Um, mm -hmm. improve this and so the second part is yeah I couldn't find any fair price gym equipment everything was overpriced or sold out got kettlebells I got very lucky so here's the thing I mean the and we've shown the setup I think we've we've had yeah. we can see I've got a rack I've had most of my equipment I think for more than 10 years now basement lifting is great but the funny thing is the reason why um because I think the, the, the only place where I'm actually um, ad, above an advanced level lifter is in my chin-ups. Mm -hmm. I think I the, the amount of weight that I can get on for chin-ups is probably more than not just the average person, because the average includes all the people who don't train, but the average person who actually trains it as far as a percentage of body weight, because I can do almost maybe... Is that three quarters? I don't know. I don't know. I did 148 pounds when I was 160 something pounds, extra weight dangling. So I, yeah. it's it's not bad. But the reason why I even started doing that was because I wanted, and why I started doing grip training and all the other stuff. I had no equipment. I had a chin up bar, and I wanted to work towards a one arm chin. Yeah. And you can do that with very little equipment. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started using a rope. And then when I finally could afford more equipment and we got a better setup and I yeah. actually had a cage where I could lift more, I didn't have to worry. Because the problem with a, a, a bar and a door is if you load it enough, if I had 300 pounds, it'll I break. It, the, door, break. the door can only handle so much stress. Yeah. It's supposed to handle a person <laughs> worth of stress, but not... Uh, or And I guess it depends on the size of the person too. It's not really built to handle a person. It just right. can coincidentally most of the time handle a person. Yeah, so it's funny now that I've got a little bit more space and I've got the money that I can afford the equipment that the the way I work out now has been so informed by the way that I started out years ago where I was trying to work around the limitations that I had and I was trying to fit a routine into what was available to me. Mm -hmm. And so that ends up being the one place where I'm really good because I've trained it for so long. I, which reminds me, I should probably test it again, but I feel like because of where I'm at now physically, right, where I, where I ripped a, <laughs> I ripped a tendon in my right hand, yeah. um, that I, I, I will definitely uh, have lost a bit. But part of me feels like, you know, it's 
it's just a marker. It's just sort of to take a snapshot in time of where your um, progress is. And sometimes the progress is good, sometimes it's bad. Mm-hmm. And I probably should be doing something like that soon. Yeah. Anyways, cause more than a year, right? It has been. Yeah, it's been quite a while. <coughs> and we have we have some more comments here, but they are all uh, the kind of ones that we probably want to spend a lot of time talking about because uh, they're political. So we might either save them for a future week or yeah. depending on how relevant they are going forward, maybe just drop them. But, uh, you know, I wanted to say something before it gets too stale, because I think the more we put it off, the less likely we're going to be able to use it. Okay. Is that just in reference to the top comment? Um, it's actually not even the comment. It's more just, it was something general takeoff. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so people have been making the point that stuff has been breaking down since the announcements were made for defunding the police. Yeah. And what's used as justification is, oh, so after this happened, after they talked about it and the police stopped doing their jobs, yeah, whatever indicator they picked of crime was going up. Yeah. And which is interesting because there's other, there's been other cases where, uh, there have been actually less calls into the police after they, um, <coughs> stopped policing, uh, smaller crimes. Uh, and they're also like citizens, uh, perceive themselves as safer. Uh, so, you know, for, despite the fact that there is evidence to the contrary, you have more to say even. Right. Right. Uh, to people who say that crime has increased since they've announced defunding. So I'll link to the, the, the tweet. It was Greg Doucette. I think he's a lawyer. And he, he tweeted that Chicago, Illinois, police trotted out the standard you need us narrative and pointed to all the violent criminals they arrested. Except the arrests were publicly accessible via a database and reporters found out the police lied. So Chicago Police Department shut it down. <clears throat> so in a related article, the Chicago Police Department has shut down its what they call arrest API, which mm-hmm. is I guess their database, after reporters caught the police department lying about recent arrests. Most arrests were for protest related crimes, not violent crime. If it walks like a cover up and talks like a cover up, and that was from the Chicago reporter. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that there's necessarily an answer. I think that there needs to be some policing in some form yeah it just has to take it, it really needs to be radically different because i think the police it can't be based off of the structures that it currently is yeah they, they've got way more responsibilities than they are than they're able to handle properly yeah and i said it in a previous episode i think this is sort of the emotional core that really stuck with me once i thought about it which is that i i think it would be better for everybody including everybody who you would consider like a quote-unquote good cop Mm-hmm. Right, anybody who wants to work within the system but do good uh, would be able to do better and have less pressure to do crappy things in a better system. So I think there's should be nobody uh, who wouldn't benefit from a revamp, right? Except for the people who are using a terrible system as an excuse to do terrible things. Yeah. Right. So I think everybody who's worthwhile considering would do better if you had a reform because all the all the jobs still need to be done right it just might not be the exact same types of people doing the jobs yeah yeah oh perfect there we go. Yeah, i love that I, I can't couldn't couldn't have said it better myself uh yeah so to finish up we have some people that we would like to thank first off a quick shout out to eliza caton no nickname today because i couldn't think of one uh because thinking of one every week for a long time is very challenging but we did look up nickname jokes didn't find anything good for nickname but did find this uh, so our boss just banned overly specific nicknames. Uh, now our whole office is staring at Rat Snitch Brian, the good time ruiner. <laughs> I'm glad you read that because when I saw that, I thought that I couldn't stop. Yeah, this shout out has been brought to you by some joke compiling website on the internet. We didn't take its name down. Uh, we don't care about signal boosting, whatever <laughs> website it was. Yeah. Uh, we'd also like to give a huge thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. And that would be Consul Peasant and Ed Woon at the last word tier. Mohammed Al Shady at the Your Message Here tier, Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Mall, Michael DeVries, Brandon C, and Irvin Ruiz, who support us on the credited level, and Chris Wolf, Scarlett Danny, and Awesome Gamer 241 at the gratitude level. There we go. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you guys next time. Komoda! Komoda.